Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue. Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Today, we're talking about The Flying Felix. It's a biggie. It's a biggie, uh, which aired in January, on January 18th, 1974, and is available on Paramount+. Plus. Who brought us this episode, Garrett? This is, again, a, a, a big episode by the big writers themselves, uh, Lil Gans and Mark Rothman. Um. Yeah, Head writers for season four, essentially. So we begin with Felix, um, with Oscar sitting in the living room on the couch, uh, reading a Chinese food, reaching for a Chinese food container, which he then throws on the floor because it's empty. He grabs a beer and he throws the paper container that it came in on the floor too. And the room in a general, is the room is a mess. Uh, which is an early hint that maybe Felix is not around because the living room would not be like this if Felix was around. Uh, Oscar opens the beer. It spurts all over the table and it spurts and it covers a newspaper. um, And it looks like the beer had just been shaken. Oscar's annoyed briefly, but then he drinks the beer anyway and he reads the wet newspaper. The doorbell rings. Oscar yells, come in. Myrna walks in and says, hi, Mr. M. He says, hi, Myrna. When she walks in, she pushes a trench coat that's on the floor aside with her foot. And she says, so Mr. Unger's gone, huh? Oscar says, yeah, I took him to the airport about an hour ago. And Myrna says, gee, you redecorated the whole place in just an hour. Oscar says, half an hour. I took a nap first. Can we go to work? <laughs> Myrna says, so Mr. Unger's on his way to Houston. I thought he hated flying. Oscar says he does, but this is a big account. Buckaroo barbecue sauce. He had to go. So I looked back to see all the episodes where Felix flew, apparently with no fear of flying. And I counted five, at least, unless I missed. Well, I counted five. I'm not going to say at least because I think I got them all. Season one, episode 11, Felix is missing. He flies to Canada. Oh, of course. Right. Season two, episode one, Felix's wife's boyfriend. That's sorry. Season two, episode two, Felix's wife's boyfriend. He flies to Canada. Season. <laughs> right. Right. Because that's when they think he's not home. Right. Season two, episode three, Felix the Calypso singer. They go to of course. Yakaloma. Oh my God, they go to the Caribbean twice. Twice. In season two, episode 18, where's grandpa? He's in Acapulco. So that's actually <laughs> a third time he goes to the Caribbean. And the the other time being season four, episode five, The Odd Holiday, when they go to San Domingos. But that was a flashback, to be fair. But we know he has flown <laughs> five times at least. And there's no sense of ever being scared nope no so this is clearly uh well to a, be fair to be fair myrna you know this could be a recent development perhaps uh, and the and the san domingo one was a flashback so we don't the, as far as we know the most recent time he flew was probably here's grandpa yeah here's grandpa. i i don't believe I think if it was recent and they were, if the writers were aware that they were <laughs> contradicting five other episodes, yeah. they would have stated that okay. and they did not. Um, I should also say this is episode 16 of season four. I don't think I said that at the top. So anyway, it's just another in the very many instances of contradictory storytelling and inconsistencies. 
or just convenient new facts about the characters. I don't know why you're trying to defend the fact that <laughs> I'm not the, the fact that it's inconsistent isn't necessarily a negative. It's just a very interesting observation. Well, look, and to also to be fair, um, you're, you're, you're going out of your way to be. This is not yes, fair. This yes, is being yes. an <laughs> no, apologist. No, no, listen, Ted, yes. He, to be fair, he is on the plane now. It's only after it's only in the next few minutes we'll find out that he is now really like it's gone to another level. So whatever uh, so Myrna could be right that he hates flying, but he has he's overcome that, including this morning, including this very episode, he's overcome that to get on a plane. Uh, I th- it, the pattern is he'll do it for a job, uh, and uh, he'll do it if his uh... yeah, but the episode implies he's really scared of flying. I believe it you're I understand there's a workaround where he's been scared in the past and this is just a similar way of being scared because he's actually going. I believe it's an inconsistency, but okay. I understand. I understand your point. Yeah. All right. So anyway, now after that, or after Oscar mentions the buckaroo barbecue sauce, murder discusses that company's jingle, which we will play here. That's when the sons of the tumbling tumbleweed come out and sing. When I barbecue, 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 I use buckaroo, buckaroo, buckaroo. If it's good enough for me, yippee, yippee, then it's good enough for you. Yippee, 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 you, yippee, yippee, yes, yahoo! Yeah, well, they're trying to change their image. They want to go for something less sophisticated. And Miss Donga's going to do this job? Yeah, I'm very proud of him. You really like him when he's gone, huh? Yeah, he was terrific today. He was petrified to get on that plane. It took two stewardesses and me to bend his knees so he could sit down. <laughs> he was really terrific. Let's get to work. Oh, I'm home safe. What happened? Don't ask. See, he was petrified to get on the plane, took two stewardess right. to bend his knee. We never saw any of that in okay. in, uh, in right. the uh, Akaloma episode, which is where he's waiting to get on a plane. Fair enough, right. Gotta uh, get I, going. Gotta get going. Yes. So during um, the jingle, yeah. Murner pretends to swing a lariat, ride a horse, and shoot guns. And then when Felix comes home, he kisses the ground, which really is the rug of the living room, which is clearly not a Felix thing to do. You know, about the jingle, that audience really liked that. I know it's a little much <laughs> that they, I mean, it is a, kind of, I guess it's just, they thought it would be something funny for Penny Marshall to do, or maybe she, you know, but there's, <laughs> it's, you know, she's always delightful, but. I, it never occurred to me though. I, I don't think that's based on anything or I don't know if it's, I don't know if there's something about commercial jingles at the time or barbecue sauce that we're not aware of. Yeah. That'd be interesting if there's a clear model for that. I don't, I never, I never looked I mean, at I it. guess it's, you know, it does give you, they have to keep establishing why he needs to go all the way to Texas. <laughs> like he can't drive. Right. But I, I never looked up to see if there was some similar jingle at the time, which we know is something they do because it never occurred to me there was. And plus of all, I thought we would have, we would have. Well, we have a, another jingle uh, issue coming up in this episode, don't we? I'm trying to remember. Oh, with the <laughs> cut music. Scene. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, that, um, well, we'll get to that. Yes and no. I mean, yes, but I couldn't find it. But yes, okay. you're right. You're correct. 
Okay, so after the credits, Oscar says, why aren't you in Houston? And Felix says, oh, I need a sedative. Oscar asks what happened. And Felix says, first, we ran into a tropical storm over Trenton. The plane was pitching up and down. I was screaming. The lights went out. I threw up my Dramamine. He picks up a decanter of liquor in the apartment. And then he says, we had to turn back and come to New York. I swore if I ever got off that plane, I'd never fly again. And I never will. Oh, look at my beautiful kitchen. And he kisses the decanter. Oscar says, Felix, what about that great account? You're supposed to be in Houston tomorrow, remember? Felix says, let someone else photograph 10,000 ribs. Beautiful fireplace, which he kisses as well. Oscar says, no, no, you just got psyched. You're, you just psyched yourself out of flying. Tomorrow you'll feel better. You'll get on a plane in the morning. And Felix is kissing the wall while Oscar's saying this. And Felix says, I would risk my life for my country. I would risk my life for my children, but I will not risk my life for buckaroo barbecue sauce. Oh, look at my beautiful room. <laughs> he walks into the hallway. Oscar turns back to Myrna and says he kissed his doorknob. And he says to Myrna, where was I? And she doesn't answer. And he says, I said, where was I? She gives him a tisk tisk tisk. And Oscar says, what's that? What, you got something in your teeth? What? Myrna says, he needs your help. You got to get him on a plane. Oscar says, how? You just saw him. Myrna, this morning, 119 people got on a plane to Houston. Right now, 118 of them are having a good time. One is in his living room kissing the luggage. One is in his room kissing his luggage. I mean, he's afraid. He's a scaredy cat. There's no way. Myrna says, where there's a will, there's a way. If you're a real friend, you do something about it. Mr. Unger would. Remember the time you were so sick and you couldn't write your column? Mr. Unger took his own money and hired a ghostwriter for you. Oscar says, yeah, he was good. I got a raise. Myrna says, see, he's a real friend. Oscar says, I'm a good as friend as he is. Myrna says, talk is cheap, Mr. M. Oscar says, yeah, all right. Call the airport, make a reservation. I'll get him on a plane in the morning. And that leads to the next scene, which is one of the really, this is a great episode, but this is also one of the best scenes in the episode. Just 
the flight pattern we're using is the safest one there is. Santa Claus uses it. <laughs> well, have a merry flight. Another stewardess? Passenger? Oh. Howdy. Is this seat occupied, though? No. There's nobody cute in first class. Talk to her. She likes you. Hello? Howdy again. Will you enjoy it and talk to her? Do you live in Houston? Shoot, yeah. How long are you going to be there? Two weeks. Sure enough. Think you'll have any free time while you're there? Huh? <laughs> I, I guess so. I'll try. Well, in case you do, here's my number. You be sure and call me now, here. Check you later. You got one smooth line, you know that? Must be the altitude. That could happen. Oh, of course, it happens every day. Well, it's not going to happen sitting at home. It just did. Oh, you <laughs> Who is she? A friend of Murder's. She's married. Oh. Uh, see, but you had a good time. Yeah. Ah, you laughed and <laughs> But it's ridiculous because you're making jokes. But it's fun. But this isn't like really flying. Sure, you meet strangers. It'd be fun. I'm It'd trying. be fun if you'd go along with me and make jokes all the way. No, you'll find somebody. Would you do that? Would I do what? Go with me. Make jokes all the way. Come with me. No, I can't see. I gotta cover a football game at Shea Stadium. Uh, I can't do it. No. Don't they play football in Houston? Do they have a team? Yeah, but the paper's sending somebody else. So. You could go. You trade. No, no, you trade. No, 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 let me you trade with that guy. No, 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 no. See, San Diego was playing Houston for last place. Yeah. I don't want to watch it. The Jets are playing Miami for the Leaders. I want to see. Yeah, but it would be better in Houston because you're so talented. No, you'd no, write up the game. You'd make them a big team. You gotta go. You gotta do it. You're a wonderful guy. Murray, Murray, lady, come in. He's gotta go to Houston with me. He's gotta make jokes. Where are you going? To my bathtub, see if I can get hurt. Uh, a lot of things I like in there. I like when he says it just did. Yeah, <laughs> happen in his living room. Yes. I like when Felix calls him. He says, "Myrna, married lady, Murray." Oh, I miss. I missed that. Married yeah, lady. he calls. Him, he says, "Married lady." <laughs> Um, and the bathtub references. Um, so there is a music edit there when Myrna comes yeah, out. Yeah, really, unfortunately. She, it really, yeah, go ahead. You no, know, she's singing a, a version of the National Airlines commercial ad of the time. Um, it's a, I actually couldn't, I found the clip because I've been recording the episodes on Decades TV in case this happens and it, mm. it worked out. Good thing you did. Yeah, so let me, let's play the 10 seconds of that and then, um, and then we'll talk about it. So I know it's the audio is not great because I was recording off my TV. So the actual jingle, according to what I could find, this was not easy to find. I found a lot of National Airlines ads, but none with this jingle. National Airlines. Yes, there was an airline. Was an, I don't yes, remember that. Air in the 60s and 70s called National Airlines. It was eventually, I started to look into this, bought up by <laughs> Northwest or somebody else that got eventually bought up. So the jingle was a national fly me in the great blue sky. Um, and I couldn't find it. I found other National Airlines jingles. National Airlines had a lot of pictures of stewardesses who would say, I'm Laura, come fly me. So it was a very... 
they kind of <laughs> Wait, that the it literally was come fly me. Yes. You know, in the sixties and seventies, airlines started to sexualize their ads yeah. to encourage, make airlines seem sexy. And of course, yeah, the stewardess is such a iconic sex symbol of the age. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, more from the, the very, the very, um, I guess, conservative, but elegant Pan Am stewardesses of the fifties mm. into the sexy, stewardesses of the which we even saw reference in uh felix directs this the porno film yes right right yeah stewardess yeah yeah. (laughs) um so so that was cut i i'm i don't know why i mean yeah they're out of business (laughs) well they're out of right that's a good point i guess whoever wrote the song maybe i guess someone might still well again this just reinforces that it seems like they just took a meat cleaver to this and just like rather than sit around and spend time determining whether these things were in copyright, they just thought it was quicker to assume every song yes, right. was a, a risk and why yeah. not just cut it. I think that's right. Yeah. And it's Although really unfortunate in this episode because it, it, it the cut is really, it, the scene gets off to a very funny start because of that. But we miss Myrna's entrance. It's like the rhythm really, really shook me. But Felix does sing a jinx something earlier. I can't remember what it was. Well, Home Sweet Home. Right. So So, that's okay. 19th century. Yeah. All right. Um, So the married lady is played by Tonya Machinga, who has very limited credits on such shows as The Wild Wild West, I Dream a Genie, and The Flying Nun. And those... Uh, uh, how was I Dream of Genie? Was sixty-five to seventy? It was over by then. Oh, it actually ran into nineteen seventy. Okay. It ran. It's ended in seventy. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's too bad. She's she's very funny. Maybe she just went on to do something else with her life. So the next scene is the exterior of an airport. I didn't really spend time trying to figure out if it was <laughs> Kennedy or. LaGuardia. It's not LAX. It's, it sure doesn't look yeah, like it's LAX. It's not LAX. Either. So I'm assuming it's a real New York. It's either Kennedy or LaGuardia. Uh, Oscar, Myrna, and Murray are at a gate area. Oscar asks Murray where Felix is, and Murray says he went to the men's room again. Oscar says, again. Myrna says, I've had days like that. Then Felix walks in the area looking exhausted, and he says that he is exhausted. A gate agent says passengers for flight 62 to Houston now boarding gate 12. This is one of the few African-American men who have a real speaking role in this show. Yes. He's played by Lee Duncan, whose first credited role is as a red shirt on Star Trek, the original series, Elon of Troyes episode. And I went to look back to see his role. And he is one of the red shirt security guards. Um, I don't think he dies in the episodes. He was on five episodes of Mission Impossible. And he was also Greg Morris's stunt double on Mission Impossible for some period of time. He was on Mod Squad, Sanford and Son, Police Story, Knight Rider, and Boston Legal. Felix says he has to go to the bathroom again, but Oscar holds his arm to prevent him and says it's closed. Felix says, please, please, but Oscar says no. So Felix instead asks if he can get more insurance. He walks over to the area. I guess, I don't know if they have this anymore in airlines, <laughs> but there's an insurance desk where you can buy insurance for your flight. Um. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because actually, yeah, you'd think like that would probably be something that uh, they would rethink it at some point as not great PR in the airport. Um, But more and more uh, airlines and any travel 
you know, are uh, when you're buying your tickets online are trying to sell you more insurance, not right. It's usually cancellation. Yeah, that's usually yeah. cancellation insurance. Right. So it is that they have found other ways to do that, but the thought of there being <laughs> place right there at the gate where you can say, "Hey, in case you die." So Felix goes over to the area and there's a priest there buying insurance and the priest <laughs> yes. looks up to God as he holds his policy and walks away, which disturbs Felix. Yeah. Tony Randall, the, the ashen expression on Tony Randall's face when he sees that even the priest is <laughs> not confident. So we're going to play a clip for the next scene. And the scene starts with laughter because the audience is laughing at that exchange between the priest or the priest walking away and Felix looking at him. So it gets drowned out in the clip, but at the end, there's the old, I guess, vaudevillian psych gag where Murray slaps Felix while yes. he's going crazy. And Murray <laughs> says, thank you. Um, Felix says, thank oh, you, Murray. Me. I needed that. Which, by the way, I think is the first of what will be two references to the movie Patton. Oh, is that Which, from? Well, I well, we can discuss it when the second one comes. Yeah, up. I don't. That didn't happen in Patton. That well, scene. well we can. There's a okay. All right. So of course the lady selling insurance and maybe the most famous person on this show who was not famous when they were on the show, which is Terry Gar. I can't think of another Indeed. guest. So you're saying, right, this is their biggest discovery. You know? Yes, I would that's a good use of the word discovery, although she wasn't really discovered here, but I can't think of a bigger guest star, not you know, Penny Marshall. Someone who before they were right. Before they were famous who appeared on the show. I can't think of someone who became more famous than Terry Gar after you know later in their career who was on this show. Mm -hmm. Can you? No. 
Okay. So let's talk about her. She um, she started as an uncredited dancer in Elvis movies. And I went to find those and found her. Um, she is very famous to Star Trek fans for her uh, first iconic appearance, which was as Roberta Lincoln in the famous episode Assignment Earth, which was a backdoor pilot for a spinoff series that I always wish had been created and developed starring Robert Lansing as a time traveling secret agent. And she was his assistant. Uh, and in fact, it was so famous that there was a recent comic book series devoted to trying to tell the stories of assignment earth. Uh, so she's very well known for that, which was five well, years trekkies. before. Uh, well, yes. Right. But you say that like that's a small group, but I'm just saying, I, I don't remember that episode. Okay. I, I never knew she was in Star Trek. She was uh, five years before that. She had a very famous role in Star Trek. After the odd couple, she was on Bob Newhart. She had a recurring role on McLeod, which I do remember playing uh, McLeod's partner. Hmm. She was Inga, a young Frankenstein with Gene Wilder. Yes, that was big for her. She was that John seventy six, I think. Yeah, this is so... all. This is all now late seventies. John yeah, Denver's is... right. John Denver's wife in Oh God. Richard Dreyfuss's wife in Close Encounters. Close Encounters, right. And she beat out Meryl Streep and Amy Irving to play that role. Did not know that. She was the mother in The Black Stallion and then Oscar nominated for Tootsie. Right. And then Michael Keaton's wife in Mr. Mom. So she had a very Not necessarily the biggest movie of of the ones we've mentioned, but. Mr. Mom was a big (laughs) hit at the time. Was it? Huge, huge hit. Uh, That is a very incredible string of performances yeah. and this is right at when that's starting right yeah All, like, this is uh young no. frankenstein close encounters are like within uh three a to about three years, years yeah about yeah. three years later maybe yeah. five she started a really successful yeah. string of of movie work she also was very famous for appearances on johnny carson for 42 appearances and then i also remember very much in the 80s she was had this pretty unique chemistry with david letterman on his nbc show and was always a really favorite guest of his and of the audiences because she was wacky and they had a great chemistry. And then to many current people for current and or 90s, she was uh, Phoebe's mom on Friends, her birth mother. Because she indeed, Lisa Kudrow, really does have a resemblance. To yes. Her. Yeah. Sim- similar I type. Yeah. I think she was only on three episodes of that, but she is, um, you know, that was a big, a big kind of newer role for her unfortunately she then also had got multiple sclerosis and a brain aneurysm and fairly retired from acting although did do some acting work but i don't know no i don't it's a few years ago she kind of tried to come back but has been pretty much uh under the radar since then i wonder if she's ever talked about this odd couple uh well famously i listened to a star trek podcast where the host of that podcast has said multiple times she refuses to talk about the star trek role Hmm. um which makes me think she would not talk about this role i don't know why i think she just doesn't maybe she just doesn't like trekkies well i have a feeling there's a there's a there maybe she just didn't like that experience but um or just doesn't want to deal with the (laughs) <laughs> the big, the, the fans, big, yeah. the fans of Star Trek, which are right. much probably more intense than the fans of the Odd Couple. I don't know why you're insisting on putting down <laughs> Trekkies because I'm a big Trek person. So I don't know why you keep doing that. I think Broadway is for nerds. All right, fine, fine. Okay, 
truth. Uh, the man Felix asks if he wants to buy insurance for a great person is Eddie Garrett. Oh, yeah, right. By the way, which who I noticed in a different part of the episode and part of the fun. Oh, yeah. As yeah, go, yeah. As we go into these scenes now is, I mean, in many ways, this is a big budget episode. Yeah. We're in an airport. Yeah. Gate. There are two lot- different airport scenes and guest cat a lot of guest cast and a ton of extras who have to yeah. sit on the plane right but of course they have to keep reusing a lot of them so you actually see some actors on several of the different flights um putting eddie garrett so as i said at the end and the, the idea of felix reaching out to a stranger yeah to, to buy the insurance is um i just want to make sure i said this beginning at the end of the clip you can't hear felix say I needed that to Murray, which is the famous, forget Patton for the moment. There's a famous, it's an old sight gag, old comedy gag where somebody gets upset, somebody slaps them and the person says, thank you. I needed that. You don't, you can't hear Felix say I needed that because of the laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next scene, we're at the airport again, and now Felix and Oscar are on board the plane and we're going to play another clip. Excuse us, please. Jesus. What's your hurry, skinny? I'll sit near the window. Remember what I told you. All right, stop with the hiccups. Come on, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Don't be nervous. Try to pull yourself together. You see anybody else here being nervous? <laughs> Why, 
why do you have emergency exits? Uh, obviously not to bail out. They didn't give us parachutes. Believe me, sir, they have a purpose. I know they have a purpose. It's an emergency. I just wondered what kind of emergency you're thinking about. Well, in case the plane is forced down and catches fire. Oh, my God! <laughs> Emergency exit everywhere. Would you rather they didn't? Oh, oh I feel faint. Oh, we're still on the ground. Why? Why are we still on the ground? Because that's where we start from. Then we go up in the air. When we get to Houston, we go on the ground again, just the way the Wright brothers planned. More sarcasm, huh? Listen to Captain speaking. That's the captain. He's speaking to me. Yes. I'm sorry, but we'll be delayed on the ground for an indefinite period. Why? Thank you. Why? Why? Do you feelings? What channel is he on? I'm getting Victor Borger. Get off! What? What? Where's the emergency exit? Where? Look at that. Look at the size of that woman. If she got stuck in the emergency door, we'd all be dead. Please, if she gets stuck in the door, I'll push her through for you, I promise. Please, Look at that. What is it? Those men on the ground under the wing, what are they doing? They're mechanics. No, no, something's wrong. They're pointing out the wing. They look so worried. I can read his lips. I... Much fear serious trouble in the fuselage, Frederick. Help me, what's the other guy saying? I much fear there's some nut trying to read your lips. What's the matter with you? They're running away. They're running away. They know something. No, because they're afraid. I'm coming, Frederick. I'm coming. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. Oscar, I'm trapped in the fat woman. Let me by. So that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole series. I've said this before, but I have three favorite moments in the entire show. The role reversal scene, the Felix rhyming scene, and Pen is my dear. And this scene, I remember very vividly watching this with my best friend. Sorry, Garrett, wasn't you when I was 12 ah. or 11. Jerry Tishner, I think I've mentioned his name before. And we were watching this episode. I can remember sitting on the floor with tears when he does the I much fear trouble, yes. there's trouble, serious trouble. <laughs> with Frederick. That why I just remember yep. night. This was like 1982 hearing that and just. I catch it, couldn't catch my breath. I was laughing so hard and crying. I no wasn't making any of it. No doubt because of the alliteration that you yes. appreciated. Yeah, well, that's like why the pen is mightier is when, the, when he does, when he grabs orange, when, when I yes. first heard him do pen is mightier, he couldn't <laughs> rhyme orange. It's that same alliteration thing. So you're right, actually. Um, anything you want to say before we go into who else? Not only that, scene? I believe yeah. he's, when he's running off the plane, He's he's running after though those men and saying, I'm, "Yeah, I'm I, coming, Fred." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're pushing it, they're pushing it. So, but that's what's hilarious. And the the stuff with the fat lady, I yeah. just everything in that scene is so great. But with but even for Felix, this is like going to a whole other level. Like you know, that the captain's speaking to me. Yeah. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way um, Tony Randall's does that. I mean, because it's. Yes, it's over the top, but there's it's a the way he does it over the top is not so committed. He's so it, committed. Yeah, and there's a distinct, there's a uniqueness to it that only he can bring to that. That right. other people are afraid of flying on a plane. It just seems very cliche. This right. is fresh and original. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it, he's having a panic attack. You know, it's really this is the neurotic side of Felix at its most intense. 
So the attractive woman. Oh, if we have to say, yeah. Oh, well, you're going to talk about. Yeah. Okay. The attractive woman who's yes. The attractive (laughs) woman who sits next to Felix that he tries to pick up is Sandra Curry, who had small parts starting the seventies on Mannix, Ironside, Adam 12, Starsky and Hutch, Bob Newhart. And then continued to work in Knight Rider, Three's Company, Golden Girls, Simon & Simon, Family Matters, e- Family Matters, ER, and even NCIS. And then was probably most famous recently for playing Zach Galifianakis' mother in the Hangover series. Really? Wow. Yes. The fat lady. Who knew that it star- she started here? And I think it's beautiful writing by the way that they come back yeah that they bring on a real woman for yes. him to hit on uh and it's the complete you know 180 <laughs> it's the opposite <laughs> of how it went in the living room including oscar saying you know you got one rot line yeah yes i agree and the woman even looks a little bit like the woman from the married lady yeah, there's so. a resemblance there that is very clever <laughs> uh the fat lady was mickey fox who we've seen before she was judy skilton mm-hmm. Skelton and oh, Oscar's right. birthday. Uh, and we'll see her two more times. Uh, Barbara Jo Babcock was played by Maggie Mancuso. This is the first the of her- stewardess. This is stewardess. Don't you think it's funny that the stewardess is introducing herself by her first and last name? I don't know if that's, I don't remember if that's what was done in the seventies, but yes. I don't think I don't. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone that would ever happen. Uh, she's also in the bigger they are episode that's coming up later. The one with, um, uh, John Biner. Um, and she was also on the Bill Dana show, Andy Griffith and Green Acres. She's very funny in this scene. Also very in this scene, delivery. they keep cutting to this older couple who yeah. are staring at Felix. Yeah. That uh, really got, that really started irritating me. The number of cutaways to the crowd, but, but it's really I, the same couple almost yeah. most of the time. <laughs> right. One older couple who's like just rolling their eyes at him. Right. Yeah, it is. It felt like they it almost felt like they did this scene a few times and they just had it. That was the only way to like make it work by cutting away. You're masking it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Felix runs off the plane and he gets out into the gate area and he he exclaims, oh, like he's so happy and relieved to be off the plane. Oscar chases after him and we hear a gate announcement that says flight 302 from Dallas arriving gate 22. Felix then goes back to ask the gate agent that we saw before if he can get his luggage off the plane. And the man says, now? Felix says, yes, but then says, never mind, because Oscar will take care of it at the other end. Now, Oscar comes off the plane and Felix asks him if he's there to help him get his luggage off, which is an odd question. Oscar says, (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you. I want you to get back on that plane. Do you realize the trouble I went through to get you on that flight? And now we're going to play another clip. I got a game to cover, I got a plane to catch. When I bring your luggage back to you, don't bother to unpack. Holy, where are you going? Houston, my plane's right there. Well, not anymore. They just got to go ahead to taxi. Well, bring it back. I can't. They're in the lineup for takeoff. What time is the next one? This afternoon. Oh, that's no good. Any other airline got a flight going? Not this morning. But I have to beat the Astrodome by 1 o'clock. Well, then you shouldn't have gotten off the plane. (laughs) Thanks a lot. And you piled them one on top of the other. It would not equal what you did to me today. Not that bad, is it? Yes, it is. 
tomorrow my readers will turn to the sports page, look at my columns, see what I have about the Houston game. You know what'll be there? Nothing, not a word. Then I'll get my paycheck, you know what'll be on that? Nothing, not a word. <laughs> Probably get fired. You know whose fault it is? If I said I was sorry. No, wouldn't help. Why would I? Feel like such a fool. Bad enough throwing away my own job, but I had no right to imperil yours. I guess I just went too far. I see, huh? Good. Oscar, you've done everything one friend could do for another. I'm not gonna let you down. I'm going to get on that plane this afternoon to Houston. Aren't you proud of me? Oh, I'm thrilled. You'll be at the barbecue party, right? I'll be at the unemployment line. Look how nice everything worked out. No, no, you'll be covering that game in Houston. Did you hear what the guy said? Nothing on earth or in the sky will stop me. Sir, where can I charter a plane? Over in the Terminal Annex. Thank you. In the Terminal Annex. Now, did you notice something at the end of that scene? I've always noticed it. Hmm. No. Okay. The man says... Terminal Annex. And then Tony Randall makes a big deal about showing in the Terminal Annex. Annex. The man says Annex. I'm sorry. The, the man says Annex and Tony Randall says Annex. Now, the word, I think, is Annex. Yes. Yes. But the, the Lee Duncan, the actor playing the oh. gate agent, says over on the Terminal Annex, which is a I did not weird way. That. I'm going to play that again. Hear. All right. I'm going to play it again. <laughs> it's like this is like back into the left. <laughs> Charter a plane over in the terminal annex. Thank you. In the terminal annex. Hear that? Okay. Now, yes. Now that you've stopped it, like the Sapruder film, and well, didn't we have this before? Evidence. This was before. Remember when when Penny Marshall corrected? Oh um, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a little bit more of an egregious error. That was also more of like an ad lib. This is yes, yeah. Well, right. I still think. Tony Randall heard Lee Duncan say an X and <laughs> Could not felt he had to case. correct it. Yeah. Right. Maybe. Um, I think, uh, honestly, I, it was kind of mumbled that one, so I didn't hear it very well. I've always heard that. I don't know. I always remember because whenever I think of the word annex, I think of this episode, I think of the fact that they say it differently. And do you say an X by mistake? No. Um, when Oscar asks whose fault it is, Felix points his finger <laughs> at Oscar, but Oscar turns it around and yeah. points it back at Felix. I love these moments when Felix is. Why does Felix know, think this is Oscar? Well, that's the thing. It's like it, it takes sometimes a lot to break down his his narcissism you know, or his his um, holier than thou kind of uh, feeling that even at this moment he still is able to to somehow turn it on Oscar. So we have a new scene. Oscar and Felix approach a man at a wooden desk that has Which a lot apparently of apparently is the terminal annex. Yes, annex, annex <laughs> with a lot of 1920s and 1930s office equipment on it. We see a sign that's obscured by a coat that says Belkin Airlines. The man behind it is played by George Firth. In his second odd couple, he was in season one's I Do, yes. I Do, I Don't, which is not on Paramount Plus. So I don't think we watched yeah, it. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't watch it when we did season one. No. Um, he was a very, I remember it. I remember it. He was a very busy character actor in the sixties through nineties. He was on Batman, F troop monkeys, Butch Cassidy, all in the family, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. But you may find this interesting. He's most famous. 
He mm-hmm. wrote the Broadway show yes. Company. You know this. Yes. Okay. Not only not only do I find this interesting, I yes. it is the main thing I know George. Yes, Smith. right. I feel like he is more known like yeah. in your circles, right. your erudite right. in, Broadway circles. In in Broadway history, his main thing is as the collaborator with Stephen Sondheim on Company. In fact, the man who who wrote Company as a play or a series of sketches that Sondheim then thought of uh, uh, making into a musical. Uh, so I've always, I, it took, I was, it was interesting to me that years later, I realized that playwright is the guy who's in these two odd couple episodes. And I see it as a guy in the odd couple of episodes who's the playwright. Yeah. Interesting. Now, do you, Company is a show that I feel like has never had a revival. Like that's not like Oklahoma uh, or my family. Not only has it, it yeah. actually has a revival right, right now. now. Oh, really? Or Cold Company? Yes. Oh, I guess. I'm Although not. it has, I don't. I'm not. It was scheduled to. You know, we are, we are taping this during the COVID nineteen crisis still, and uh, it was about to open when COVID hit, and it is still has not reopened, but I believe it is scheduled to reopen soon. Uh, so it is. It's just not. It's never been a movie. You know, it's like one of those musicals that um, is unfilmable, so it's really only known to Broadway fans. It never really got out of that, although some songs, the Ladies Who Lunch is a song, probably its most famous song. How I, I, you, I know you won't know the answer, but I'm curious, how much money does a George Firth make off that in his lifetime? Oh, well, that's a good question. I think, you know, yeah, unfortunately, he, unless he has a percentage of the, of the, um, of the score, I mean, like, I don't know if he gets a dime off of the sales of the cast album or whenever the songs are sung, you know, he doesn't get those kinds of rights, but the, the musical, the show is done a lot. So he would purely get like dramatist guild kind of residuals whenever someone revives the, the, the play on stage. Um, but yeah, certainly not as much as if it were. Could he make over a million dollars in his life from that play? Oh yeah. I think, over, <laughs> I think over his life, maybe it, it's been televised. Um, uh, so he may have, you know, if he gets any kind, if he keeps getting rights whenever it is broadcast in some form, then uh, I would think so. But, you know, it's funny, his company, while is his most successful writing for the stage, he did two other things with Sondheim that were less successful, one of which is a play that Sondheim wrote. He thought the two of them thought it'd be fun to write a mystery together for the stage called um, Getting Away with Murder. It closed in one night, I believe. And then the other musical he wrote with Sondheim was one of Sondheim's biggest failures, Merrily We Roll Along. Oh, now what year was that? In 1981, I think, early 80s. Okay. It was, uh, and that is a show that has been, uh, he that uh, Firth wrote this, the book, this libretto for that. And uh, that is attempted to be revived a lot, but it uh, has never really caught on. Are you aware I have a very nasty letter that Stephen Sondheim wrote to my father? Uh, you sure you want to talk about this on the air? Tim? Why not? <laughs> I have the letter. Uh, wow. Can you read it on the air? That'd be, that'd be I could. I, I think I'll, why don't I send it to you off the air and then we'll talk yeah, about okay. it. I'm not sure if okay. everyone cares. Sounds okay. good. All right. So we're going to play a clip now from uh, when Felix and Oscar are talking to the Belkin Airlines people person. Played by George. Excuse me. Is this Belkin Airlines? Uh, are you with the Better Business Bureau? <laughs> no. Well, then I'm Belkin. Uh, what can I do for you? I understand you have a charter flight to Houston. Uh, yes, we do. What time does it reach Houston? Uh, well, it should get there around uh, noon. Oh, that's 
Perfect. It's very important we get on that flight. Do you have room? Well, why are you guys with the group? Huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're with the group. Wait, 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 wait a minute, please. The Belkin Airlines. I never heard of you. I know you've been in business. Oh, my daddy started the company. He used to fly mail with uh, Charles Lindbergh. Oh, boy, he must have been some pilot. He still is. He'll be flying you to Houston. Yes. That just proves he's experienced. No, it proves he's old. That's all. It proves he's old. Now, what kind of a plane is this? Oh, it's a uh, modified 727. What do you mean modified? It was just painted. Isn't that nice? No, it's not nice. You can hardly tell where the old wing starts and the new wing begins. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yes. Where'd you get all this nerve all of a sudden? You're Steve Canyon. I told you. I simply refuse to submit to fear. And I suggest that you stop this whimpering and do the same thing. Two tickets to Houston, please. One. One? No point in my taking any chances. I don't have to be in Houston until tonight. I'll take a real plane. Excuse us for one moment, will you please? Felix, you get on that plane with me or I'll break every bone in your body. Two. At least let me get some insurance. So long, son. Good luck, Pop. So Pop comes out in a World War One style pilot's <laughs> like outfit. the Red Baron or something. Yeah. He's played by <laughs> Grady Sutton, whose first IMDb credit goes back to 1925 in silent mm-hmm. movies. He is of many uncredited roles, um, uh, including four W.C. Fields movies. He was uh, he did TV in the 50s on Ozzie and Harriet, 77 Sunset Strip, Dr. Kildare, Hawaii Five-0. Now, do you get did you understand the reference to Steve Canyon? No, I did not. So Steve Canyon was a comic strip created by Milton Kniff, a very famous comic strip creator and writer and drawer that ran from 1947 to 1988. It was also a short-lived TV show in 1958. And Canyon was an adventurer who ran an air transport business and then was in the Air Force. So he's kind of a jet flying hero. Hmm. Uh, So now we see the image of a jet plane flying and the interior of the plane. Felix is asleep in his chair and Oscar's reading the newspaper. Felix wakes up and smiles at Oscar and tells him, thank you for getting me on the plane. Without him, he never would have done it. Oscar says, it's fun. Isn't it such a smooth flight? Go figure. Belkin's Airlines. Great lunch, too. Nice submarine sandwich. And why does that get a laugh? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good point. (laughs) I mean, and also why? I mean, is I think it's intended to be a joke because it's why say it? You know, is the joke is it because submarine sandwich is kind of a pun or something, you know, like. They're flying on a plane and it's funny that they had a submarine sandwich. Or... I don't, none of that would explain why it's funny, actually, if that's the intention. <laughs> um, Felix says, how soon do we get to Houston? Oscar says, any minute now. Felix says, if I ask you something, you promise me you won't get mad. Can I go to the bathroom again? Oscar laughs and says, be my guest. So Felix gets up and goes to the bathroom and that leads to our final scene. Can I go to the bathroom again? Be my guest. <laughs> This is Captain Pop Belkin. We're approaching Houston. All right, gang, this is it. Everybody back to the jumping area and hook up. Where's your parachute, buddy? 
Parrish, what's the matter? Something wrong? Some trouble? Oh, no trouble. This is useful. Aren't you getting off? Yeah, when are we going to land? Land? Buddy, this is the American Parachute Club. We're jumping out. Jumping out? But the plane's got to land somewhere. Not until San Diego. That's when I'm getting off. What are you? One of them sissy boys? That's the trouble of the country today. Everything gone soft. There's a parachute right under that seat. Get into it and hit the silk, fella. I'm not hitting the silk. I'm not jumping off. I'm not getting out of this plane. Patton was alive, he'd slap your face. <laughs> Probably wasn't even in the service. Yes, I was. Geronimo! Full of people. As it was. Where'd they all go? They left. Where'd they go? They jumped out. What are you What's wrong? What happened? Felix, this was a parachute club. They were gonna land in Houston. They jumped off at Houston. We're the only sissy boys that stayed on. Where do we land? San Diego. You can sit there calmly and say San Diego. Houston is playing San Diego, remember? I'll watch the game on television. I'll cover it that way. Hey, that's right. Uh, and I can catch a plane back to Houston in time for my barbecue tonight. Are you sure you won't mind flying alone? Oh, no, not at all. I'm completely over my fear of this flying. This is Pop Falcon speaking. As long as there's just the two of you boys left, I thought I'd show you some of the stunts that made me famous in my barns farming <laughs> They bring back some memories. So in the middle of the scene, we hear laughing because of Felix's expression as he comes back from the bathroom and yes. realizes that the plane is now completely empty. You know, um, I the, the in the 25th anniversary Odd Couple Companion, uh, Mark Rothman credits Tony Randall with that bit, with the that idea that Felix should actually be out when the parachute thing happens and then come back <laughs> that's it's a great it's a yeah. great bit uh, at the end of the scene the, we see the jet go straight up and make hard turns and felix and oscar are impacted by g-forces and they're pitched back and forth <laughs> on the side to side and they're seeing yeah. they do a really good job making that feel it is believable. a bit extreme physical comedy for them but but, but convincing convincing yes, yes. <laughs> so the head of the, by the way do you think do you think the uh FAA Air traffic control yeah. FAA might yeah. have an issue with yes. the pilot just suddenly yes. deciding to do some loop de loops. Yeah, I'm not sure this pilot would be cleared to fly 727s, though. Yeah. 
The head of the parachute club was played by Ed Peck in his second appearance. He was brother Horace in the odd monks. Mm, and we'll right. see him one more time uh, in the uh, episode with um, Ronnie Allen Rippey. Uh, in the tag, we see a plane. Wait, fa- the patent. We got to talk. We got to oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah, the patent line is not just a reference to the the, the, the general patent, but the movie, which George yes. Scott came out in 1970. Uh, the most famous scene of which was when he slaps a uh, uh, a soldier in the infirmary for for being a, what he says a coward, you know, for for breaking down uh, in panic in his in the hospital, and which was a real incident that the real General Patton was sanctioned for. Um, and the the reason why I brought it up earlier is that just knowing that that line was coming when I saw Murray slap Felix for panicking and for having this kind of breakdown it kind of reminded me of that but i agree with you it does, it's not exclusively a patent reference but it's kind of funny that it comes up again in the same vein felix mentions parachutes in the first flight he says they don't give us parachutes oh did no. you remember that no and now he's on a play with parachutes <laughs> now apparently they do yeah what a great idea right i mean what uh, for all the for just to, to say it's a charter flight and to keep this, this is going to be the, you know, the big reveal. Of yeah. The, it's like, a, it reminds me of the flying Elvises, you know, remember it was a honeymoon in Vegas. It's like, I never saw honeymoon was, in Vegas. I mean, it's like this idea that if all the, of all the groups you had to suddenly were forced to join, this would not be, <laughs> it's the worst one. In the tag, we see a plane flying low over an airport and going for a landing. The same agent we saw before, Lee Duncan, the actor, says, Flight 83 now arriving from Houston. We see Myrna and Murray and Oscar waiting for Felix. Myrna says, gee, I hope Mr. Unger had a good flight. Murray says, "Um, how did his job go to Oscar? And Oscar says, he called me and told me it went great. Passengers start to get off the plane, and Murray says, ah, here he comes. So Felix gets off the plane, but all the passengers who are now passing him start hitting him with rolled up magazines, <laughs> including Eddie Garrett. And who I, the, I mean, it's plausible he could have been on the return. He's on the return flight, right? He was on the sure. first flight. Yes. Uh, so he, there's like five or six different passengers hit him with the rolled up magazines. And then the Barbara Joe Babcock comes off and says, you ruined the whole flight while also hitting him. <laughs> the stewardess. <it's- laughs> Oscar asks, how was the flight? And Felix says, not bad. And that's a good tag. That's tag. like one of the one of the better tags. Another... I also realized that there may have that may be a payoff for all those reaction shots in the first scene, like the old couple being annoyed by Felix. I guess it is a payoff to establish how annoying he is to the other passengers. Right, which is why if he really was this way in the five other episodes in which he flew, we would be aware <laughs> of that. Okay. Uh, so this is one of my favorite episodes. It's a five out of five for me. It's just, you know, everything hits its mark. Every scene is really fun. Uh, and Tony Randall does such a good job here. And so does Jack Hugman. Um, and, you know, I having one of my favorite, you know, st- as I said, still sticks with me 40 years later, the Trouble in the Fuselage, Frederick. Um, just a classic top five episode. And five Absolutely. out of five, Murray's. Yes, five Murray's, perhaps even GOAT. Oh, that you mean the series at least? Um, so your favorite episode of all time? You're suggesting? I have, I'm suggesting this is the one that would have to be matched. I think okay. 
I've given other fives and I stand by them, but um, I'm, I mean, I know this has been a, this is a favorite of, of many fans and even Tony Randall, I believe went on record saying it was his favorite. And, um, but it's hard to imagine one that just works this perfectly on so many levels. And first of all, it's amazing that they fit this into 24 minutes, whatever it is. Um, I mean, uh, it's huge, right? We have a number of different sets, a number of a huge number of extras support, like three or four big supporting parts. Um, and, and then the plot just goes on all these, I mean, it's like a real three act structure. You know, we have the, the first the breakdown and then we have the, the first, then the, 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 the first flight to Houston and then the parachute club. The, and so it goes through all these twists and turns and it feels like it should be an hour and yet it just flies by. So it's just brilliantly constructed and brilliantly escalates. Like just when you think like that first scene on the air, on that plane that he runs off of, um, that he abandons, you think that's the funny scene. And then, and it may be that still is the most laughs, but there's that's, then it, they've got the parachute club coming. That's, it tops it, you know? So it's uh it just keeps going it's incredible so and then you have terry gar on top of it so it's like and on another, top of it you've got yeah, <laughs> a terry yeah, gar cameo yeah and, no it's a, well uh, it's not a, well yeah it's not really cameo can, we, can, we can call it a cameo yeah. in retrospect you're saying i guess you know by the way when you said that she's the most the person went on to become the most famous i get we have, we should establish like for a one episode uh, I guess I said guest appearance. star. Oh, that's what I said. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Penny Marshall I, clearly would be. You, uh, you must have been t- typing uh, uh, something when I was saying. I said excluding Penny Marshall. I was trying to read your lips, Frederick. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's not a cameo because she's not famous right. at the time, but a guest. Right. She's a guest a character, guest actor. Got it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, if you have any feedback for us or questions, comments. Uh, you can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. And of course, we'd love to get even more five-star reviews on, on iTunes. It, 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 I think, helps us have people note that. Please. Well, I wasn't going to beg, but you, you could beg for us. And Garrett, you inspire sarcasm. I much fear there's some nut trying to read your lips. <laughs> <laughs>